0: In a long and wide-ranging interview with Fox News yesterday, President Trump spoke about his embattled personal attorney, Michael Cohen, saying Cohen only handled a small amount of his legal business.
1: He represents me like with this uh, crazy Stormy Daniels deal. He represented me. And, uh, you know, from what I see, he did absolutely nothing wrong. There were no campaign funds. Joining us
0: is former federal prosecutor Jeffrey Kramer, the managing director of the Berkeley Research Group. Jeff, the speculation about whether Cohen will cooperate seemed to reach a fever pitch after Trump's interview yesterday, where he tried to distance himself from Cohen, saying he only did a tiny, tiny little fraction of his legal work. If Cohen were your client, would you be knocking on the special counsel's door, door to make a deal?
1: You know it all uh, it all depends on how big a hammer uh, the now the Southern district and maybe uh, the special prosecutor has if it 's just the one hundred and thirty thousand uh, campaign finance violation and maybe there's a banking allegation there as well uh, I say just because in the scheme of things that 's not much he might not be looking at, uh, at at very much jail time. however, if they start getting into other transactions uh, and possible other frauds, then the impetus to cooperate is going to be strong. But you have to keep in mind uh, that if Mr. Cohn does cooperate, the chances of a pardon obviously goes out the door. And at the end of the day, he's going to be a disbarred lawyer looking for work, and he may want a favor from the president.
2: Now, within just a couple of hours after that phone call to Fox, attorneys were already drafting documents. They were getting ready to send things to court. Can you gauge just how damaging or not that phone call might have been for the president or for Michael Cohen?
1: Well, it certainly got rid of one uh, checkbox that they have to do, which is that Cohn was representing the president in the story McDaniel in Story Daniels' uh, transaction. Not that that's shocking. Obviously, Cohn wasn't doing it for himself, uh, but that just gets that uh, out of the out of the gate to begin with. So now we're left with two things: one, uh, either the president knew about the payment, in which case it could be a campaign violation, or two, that Cohn did it on his own with his own money without reimbursement. The president. Uh, I think it's doubtful it's number two since I don't know many attorneys who are going to front $130,000 for their client and not get paid.
0: That seems like it would be something that would be rather easy to prove, or am I wrong?
1: You know what? With this set of prosecutors, it probably is. I mean, it's not going to be a check from the president's organization for $130,000, but it could easily be buried in uh, an invoice from Mr. Cohen to the Trump Organization for legal services. That may be a little harder. You know, is it an extra $130,000 for research or for handling different cases? That's a little harder to dissect. Um, But we're still left with the, what I think a reasonable uh, statement is, is that, again, no lawyer fronts that kind of money without getting reimbursed. It's just, it makes no sense.
2: Before all of this happened, I had never heard of a special master before. Uh, I love the title of it. I, it sounds like a, a special rank maybe in, in the Navy or something. Uh, but the judge who has chosen has been chosen to be that special master um, is Barbara Jones. and her reputation is that she cut her teeth as a mob prosecutor. Does that tell you anything? or is that just coincidence?
1: Uh, No, that's a coincidence. Barbara Jones is a former uh, prosecutor and federal judge. Uh, So when you're a prosecutor in New York City, the chances you're going to do some organized crime cases are pretty good. Barbara is a a very well-respected practitioner, Uh, so I think both sides can be comfortable that she's going to call balls and strikes well.
0: Jeff, Stormy Daniels' lawyer asked to be allowed to join the case because of evidence that was seized from the raid on Cohen's office. Should he be allowed to join the case?
1: Uh, well, it's not surprising he's trying to. It gets him at least a, a seat at the table to see what's going on. We're not sure if he has any standing uh, or not. And, and the judge, Kimba Wood, uh, who's certainly handled her fair share of high-profile matters, is being very careful, not surprisingly, in so, uh, and circumspect in this. So far it doesn't play out any way. I'm not sure if, uh, again, he has standing at this point. Uh, it depends on what documents are in there, but at least he's, he's putting a pin uh, in the dark or just to 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 set his place there just in case
2: what is the process from here on out there seem to be so many different layers and so many different strings going on to different cases and different um, civil suits It, it, it all starts to get tangled up if you cannot keep track of it very clearly so what is the process now walk us
1: through yeah, it is very uh, convoluted. You know, there's a lot of clowns under this circus tent right now. Um, so you have uh, Trump's attorneys who wanted to, and the judge allowed them to take a look at what's there, so they can take a first pass at what they think might be privileged. Um, and the prosecutors, the Southern District, has said they would have a taint team uh, to go through uh, the items. Uh, but what's going to happen? is that Cohn's attorneys will look at it. Trump's attorneys will look at it. Prosecutors obviously know what they have for the most part. Um, but then uh, Judge uh, or Judge Jones, Barbara Jones, will look at it and decide what is privileged and what is not, and then give it to the Southern District uh, prosecutors. So in a normal case, uh, not many normal things here, uh, there would be what's called a paint team. Prosecutors and agents not associated with the case-in-chief reviewing items. Uh, the judge is kind of move that from the prosecutors. I'm going to have uh, Barbara Jones look at it and then decide what prosecutors can look at and what they cannot.
0: So, Jeff, during that interview yesterday on Fox, Trump hinted that he may intervene in the Justice Department's Russia investigation, which he has hinted at before. But did that, that, that send you any, you know, do you have any more additional concerns because of this Cone probe that he might do that?
1: You know what? I think any, anyone who's been involved in the system and any former prosecutor, that's what sent a chill down their spine when the president of the United States said he was going to take over parts of the Justice Department. And if it came from any other president, I think uh, it would be front page news. Uh, but because this president is, is somewhat free with his language and probably doesn't mean eight-tenths of what he says, you take it with a grain of salt. Like I said, if it had been any other president in our lifetime that made that statement, it would be shocking. Uh, that bar of shocking is is, is, pretty, hard, <laughs> right, is pretty high right now. So, uh, is he going to take over the Justice Department? No. Is he just you know pontificating that thirty minute rant? Uh, absolutely.
0: And uh, you'll be aware that uh, today he said again during his meeting with Angela Merkel, referring to that. Uh, committee report. Again, he said, no collusion, no collusion. Thank you, Jeff Kramer, as always. He's the managing director of the Berkeley Research Group and a former federal prosecutor.
2: Speaking at an infrastructure event in Richfield, Ohio last month, President Trump thanked President Obama for leaving so many judicial posts open for the Trump administration to fill. We were left
1: judges. They're the ones that judge on your disputes. They judge on what's fair on the environment and what's not fair, where they're gonna take your farms and factories away and where they're not. Amazing, it was the gift.
2: Uh, kind of. Despite congressional gridlock, President Trump and Mitch McConnell seeing some success confirming federal court nominees filling the U.S. judiciary with young conservatives who can actually shape American law for generations to come. Laura Litvan covers Congress for Bloomberg News, and she joins us now to clear a few things up in our Bloomberg one studios in Washington. Let's talk about first what the president did say, that this was a gift, but it wasn't a gift, actually. It was
3: something else. Well, it was a strategy, really. I mean, we see in both parties in recent decades a growing determination as one presidency starts to end to if one party, the other party will hold the Senate to delay things and keep things open. So what we had happen under... Uh, at the end of Obama's term was not only the Supreme Court vacancy after Justice Scalia passed away, that was kept open. But also, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but there were 108 judgeships vacant when Trump came in. That's partly because uh, the Republicans in the Senate used every uh, available opportunity to try to delay some of the uh, Obama picks. There were only two circuit court judges approved under uh, President Obama's last two years and 18 district court judges. That's a trickle.
0: Laura, let's talk about the judges themselves. Except in a few cases, the judicial nominations contrast with some of the other nominations that Trump, the Trump administration has put forward. Are the candidates being vetted or suggested by outside conservative groups?
3: Well, um, the, the um, Federalist Society, the executive vice president of that organization, is Operating, as he says, separately as an advisor to the White House, because that group doesn't make recommendations, but certainly he's taking his perspective in there. And there's other people advising the White House. um, And... You know, the White House counsel, McGann, is working closely with Mitch McConnell's office as they're ferreting through all the potential nominees very closely, looking for the right kind of a conservative, originalist kind of perspective that they want to bring to the courts.
2: Okay, so you had said that there were more than 100 vacancies. Is that right? How many judges are we talking about and how much difference is this ultimately going to make? Well, what we're seeing so far is, um, you know, a great impact on the appellate courts.
3: Fifteen circuit court judges uh, have been confirmed so far this year. That's a very high level. Um, and we've had 17 trial court judges. Of course, Gorsuch brought onto the courts. The, the appellate court number is very important because so many cases go no further than the appellate courts. We have about maybe 80 cases every year decided by the Supreme Court. Last year, 59,000 cases were just decided by the 13 appellate courts.
0: Laura, the appellate courts are so important in in uh, decision-making because they're the last step before the Supreme Court, and so a few cases get to the Supreme Court. But how close are they to actually turning those appellate courts to conservative? It takes a long time. It certainly does, but that number 15 is
3: much better than we've seen under the last five presidents. Um, And there's more activity coming. Yesterday, the president nominated eight more judges at the circuit and district court level as Congress was leaving town for recess. And Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, uh, filed, uh, took steps in the process to tee up votes when the Senate comes back on six more circuit court judges.
2: Okay, let's take a step back, take a wide, broad view of this How this ranks in terms of accomplishments of the Trump administration, how the base feels about it, is this something that they would notice, they would recognize, and that they would support? I mean, is this right up there with tax cuts? It has an even longer-lasting impact, potentially, because so many of
3: these judges are young, uh, in their 40s and 50s. And uh, the tax legislation, it could be reversed if Democrats retake the Senate. These judges will have lifetime appointments. And uh, you know, there's differing views about this. Uh, this is the activity has won over a lot of conservative critics of mm-hmm. the president. Uh, the outside groups on the progressive side are deeply concerned. They say these judges could roll back civil rights protections, consumer protections, bring a much much more pro business perspective to courts. Um, gay rights could be at risk. So, um, but this is a this is a big deal. This could even be bigger than the tax bill.
0: So, Laura. Look at the demographics of this and Obama tried to get diversity on the federal bench. What's happening now? Um, there's a very sharp contrast between what Obama was
3: doing in terms of the judges he was nominating and got through compared to what we're seeing under Trump. For instance, under Obama, we'll, we'll take the circuit court numbers. Uh, we had about 73 percent Uh, I'm sorry 67 percent of the circuit court judges confirmed so far are white males under Obama it was just 33 percent Obama was trying to reverse what he saw under uh, George W. Bush which was a 63 Mm -hmm. percent for white male judges confirmed and uh, so it's kind of gone back and then some
2: all right Laura Litvin Bloomberg News congressional reporter a terrific story about this very issue on the Bloomberg terminal I encourage you to check it out thanks so much Laura